This podcast is part of the TPS Radio Sports Podcast Network at www.tpsradio.net. This is WWE Pod two years. Yes, two years ago, around this time, I think we had Randy Orton as champion. Two years ago, Chris Jericho came back. Two years ago, I was pretty much on my own. Now, two years later, weighing in at 162 pounds, he is an IMDB superstar, a former wrestling manager, and two-time London Borough champion, Michael Chalkley. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing great, but I just wish I weighed 162 pounds. Well, uh, that's about as accurate as Hulk Hogan's um, uh, analysis of Andre's weight. It keeps going up, doesn't it? 700, 800, 900 pounds. How much did he weigh on that fateful day he power slammed him at WrestleMania 3? No idea. Hello. Look at that. Right at the beginning. And we have seemed to have lost Mike, as in I can't... Oh, hello. You're back. I couldn't hear you. It went dead. That's very strange. Well, well, you're back now. And well, let me know Good. if that happens again. Just uh, yeah. type away on the Skype chat. So... Instead of doing some two-year reminisce episode, we figured we'll do What's Wrong With WWF slash WWE. So, right. We're doing the big one. We, this, yes, this is the big one. This is, yes, the daddy of them all. Uh, so, we fix WWE. What do you reckon? Uh, well, where to begin, really? I guess we'll begin with what's wrong with it like we do always, and then we'll attempt to fix it and pray to the Lord that someone's listening. They already are, because I, I'm, I think one of the main things that's wrong at the moment, we might as well get in with the nitty-gritty, is the fact that they're not making any new stars. Now, yep, that's perhaps my biggest gripe. However, since the Survivor Series, things may well be looking up. I mean, at the time of recording, we have uh, Seamus going for the title. We had Kofi Kingston winning one of the, you know, a really good match at Survivor Series. Something seems, it does seem that they've been listening on some level. Because, yeah, suddenly two young guys are getting the breaks. Yep, but but the problem is, um, we've had years and years of the same people being on top. I've said it before, and I've said it again. I'm going to ask you a question, yeah, because this is going to come up. We might as well say now, uh, because it's one of my biggest rants. If Triple H had left in 2001, would we be seeing, in your opinion, Mike, a different WWE? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think we would. Yeah, especially on the Raw side. I think if he'd left in 2001, then there would have been... Because he didn't just... It's not... With losing Triple H, we're not just losing one guy. 
we're losing a guy who dominated the company and the title for two, three years. Some would argue even longer. So if he went, then there would have been room for, for two or three other young guys to come through. I think we'd see a very different show if he hadn't have lasted. And I completely and I completely agree. Uh, I can do completely, especially during the uh, kind of well, two thousand two went too bad. It was iffy. Two thousand and three was probably for me one of the weaker years, especially on the raw side of WWE. When we look back, even at the last ten years, two thousand and three was a year that was very much. It was very much. Well, it was very much his show, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, and uh, they seem to. Uh, one of the other problems WWE have, as we'll perhaps get back to the Triple H thing in a second, is when they did bring in new stars from WCW, they seem to completely. Uh, so occasionally they'll do it, but they seem to completely waste their talents when they brought in these new stars who had an established fan base. And for example, the one of the biggest failures over the well most recent times is probably Goldberg once again back in two thousand three. Goldberg was a definite fail, yeah. But then again, to be fair, with the likes of someone like Booker T, they had a, they had more to work with. Oh yeah, they had they definitely had more to work with. But from a, coming in from a, a fan base, you I would say Goldberg had the bigger fan base. Booker T was probably the better, I think, uh, talent, especially in the uh, extra long, yes. long term. But Goldberg it, it, was probably a much more medium term. You know, he he could sell pay-per-views from the get-go and he probably could have done for the next couple of years if they booked him, you know, correctly. If they had booked him well, then it could have been a good few sort of six months or a year of dream matches. You know what I mean? It could have been Goldberg versus Triple H. You know, at first, people were like, wow, that's really cool. Then they should have had Goldberg versus Kane, Monster versus Monster. Can you imagine how much attention there would have been on a Goldberg versus Undertaker, something like that? But it ended up being a case of he wins the belt, holds it for two months, drops it, and that was about it. I know, it was the biggest waste. Uh, having said that, uh, I think after WrestleMania, I think it was Wrestle, would have been WrestleMania 19, he made his entrance against The Rock and he had the pay-per-view backlash where he beat The Rock quite convincingly, really. It wasn't a squash match, but Goldberg definitely had the upper hand in that match without question. And what I will say, to be fair, it started really well in the WWE, the uh, Goldberg era, it looked like what could have been. I think it started very well. And then it, I think it, it just seemed to go down, downhill from there, unfortunately, after the first pay-per-view. It did. I don't think they were entirely sure how to use him. And it was like, um, partly, as we mentioned, I mean, it was part of the problem was Triple H's dominance and then wanting to have a heel going into WrestleMania. So that's why Goldberg only had a couple-month title reign. And also, I think they're a bit unsure what to do with him after he lost the belt. They had in mind Goldberg versus Lesnar. Now, we all know that, that turned into a disaster, but that's not the company's fault. But I remember when they did the suspend, a suspension storyline with him twice, and it just felt like they weren't sure what to do, week to week, I mean. No, and the, I mean, the Goldberg versus Lesnar was one of the... Uh epic fails um, of WrestleMania 20. It's, it was a, it, well, yeah, but looking at it, it was a dream match. Having said that, I don't think it was entirely WWE's fault. When you look at the actual match itself, 
uh, in the sense yeah. that uh, Lesnar didn't really give, give too much of a crap, and Goldberg didn't seem to either. It, however, WWE could have been blamed for that uh, in a sense as well. Not, not, but, but then again, Brock Lesnar, I think, is a uh, he. Sometimes for me, he seems to be a bit of a sport baby who spits out his dummy when he doesn't get his own way. Goldberg or Lesnar? Lesnar, sorry, not Goldberg. Goldberg is a little, God bless him, is a, still a little bit naive, isn't he? Uh, yes. In, in terms of how it all works, he just thinks he's the hottest thing ever because that's what WCW taught him to believe. Um, it, Lesnar, uh, well, he doesn't get his own way. I've no idea, really. He, he was only there five minutes, so I'm not sure. No, he didn't. Well, honest. yeah, I mean, he gave that, he gave that bigger uh, one-finger salute. Uh, using you know to the fans, which wasn't really uh, you know meant to happen. Uh, there were fans chanting "You sold out." He basically signed a deal with the WWE for big mega money. They've really pushed him from the offset, and yeah. then he just left for football. Because, football. Yeah, and he let's be fair, he epically failed in football. He's done very well in UFC, currently the heavyweight yeah. champion. Uh, however, I saw that coming. I didn't. No, I didn't. Uh, what I will say though, um, he, he's good, very good. But he within about he was pushed to the top within I think about three or four matches. He had his title shot, which yeah, uh, coming in, yeah. And the only reason really he had his title shot was probably thanks to the WWE making him the superstar he was. Otherwise, he would have just been another that's guy. True. I guess that I guess that's a good point because of his physique. Everywhere he's gone, he's got a massive push. I mean, when he went to Japan. His first match was for the, was for the uh, All Japan World Title. I'm yep. sure I'm sure TNA wouldn't be dissimilar if he ever went there. No, 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 no. And well, TNA have got Bobby Lashley. Uh, um, and uh, well, that's that's one guy that WWE messed up on as well. But I guess we can get into that a bit later. That's uh, true. Yeah, I mean, he's not. He doesn't have the greatest charisma in the world. But I don't think they should have let let him walk like that. It was a bit cloudy. His. Uh, why he the reasons why he left uh, he accused the WWE almost of being racist without actually saying it yes that was one thing <laughs> yeah, which didn't which is a shame uh but anyway, yeah, yeah. Honest, I'm not sure if I knew about that. What? What? Yeah, well, he when he read his blog, there were connotations of it. Obviously, he didn't actually blatantly come out and say it, and he said, "I can't really talk about it." Yada yada yada, and he hasn't really come out and like spelled it out for us, even after you know all this time. So, but anyway, we're definitely both in agreement that 2003 was one of the worst years uh, of recent yeah. times. Definitely. It was too much about Triple H. And then shortly after that, we saw Goldberg use rather poorly. And then Lesnar. Lesnar could have been such a great guy if they just offered him the right money. Yep. Uh, yeah, he would have been a big superstar. And let's be honest, if Brock, if Brock Lesnar wanted to come back to the WWE tomorrow, Vince McMahon would have his arms wide open, even more so now, perhaps than ever before with this uh, lack of star power. Yeah, and he's still reasonably young. He is. I mean, say he came back tomorrow, uh, I could see maybe him versus Batista at WrestleMania or him versus John Cena. Yeah, absolutely. And like I say, you could get a good five years out of him at least. Yeah, definitely. So the, I mean, the story of WWE seems to be floundering opportunities uh, more, perhaps more recently than, than in the past. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, as I say, Goldberg... Yeah, that was. Um, they did offer him another deal, but Goldberg said no. 
and who can really blame him when he's he seemed definitely to be the one that was uh, messed around uh, more. He seemed to be the uh, the loser in in the uh, their partnership between the two. You know, he just at times felt like an afterthought, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And well, as we said, I really blame WWE for that rather than Goldberg himself. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I say the same thing. I mean, it is true that Goldberg, as we said, it was not amazing, all right? It, WCW did such a good job pushing him. It was sensational what they did with him. Yeah. Uh, but, it, yeah, it is true that um, in WWF, I just don't think... It, it, in a way, this sounds like I'm going against what I said earlier. But in this instance, Gold, although Goldberg didn't have necessarily brilliant tools for being a top guy always. Don't like ref didn't give him great tools either for getting over that. No, I agree. And what you said, WCW did an amazing job. I completely agree. And if Mm. you look at it, he was probably one of the only mainstream WCW stars that made it hit the big time on, for example, a level that uh, a Stone Cold or a Rock, when you look at the, you know, he was the one of the only ones, I think, that WCW actually made from scratch and brought up to that level. That's the thing, yes. I mean, I always thought that that was overplayed a bit. But yeah, he is a guy that they literally took from Bugger All and built. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, only, the only other ones really were Booker T and Page. Yep, they were, they were taken. Uh, and Booker T, might, I think uh, later on, um, and Diamond Dallas Page, yep, those two. Definitely, I'd probably put them a, a notch under Goldberg in terms of star power. However, when, when, it com- yeah, when it comes to wrestling talent, they're several notches above. That's true. And the others, they either got from WWF or, in the case of other wonderful talents like Sting and Ric Flair, much as I love them, they were already there. They, they were all pretty much already stars. Well, actually, yeah, I think we're being a bit harsh because Sting wasn't really. Uh yeah, you're probably right. Okay, okay, we can say uh, WCW really helped put Sting uh, in the mainstream. Yeah, okay, I can definitely give you that. Yeah, I, yeah, because uh, I've 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 always been the guy who has said that WCW didn't a hundred percent buy their way to success. But indeed, Goldberg is is definitely one of the ones that they managed to do on their own. But WWF, yeah, I just at times felt that they didn't know what to do with him. No, and I mean, we're talking about philandering opportunities. You just need to look at um, another good example. is perhaps Rob Van Dam uh, in 2001. Oh, wow. Yeah, now he's someone who could have been a, a big, a big, big star. And a few years before he was, or yeah. a few years before he became. Yeah, it, it was a bit... He almost had the Jeff Hardy effect a few years back before Jeff Hardy was a world champion, you know? He always Ooh. seemed to be over no matter what was going on. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the WWF sort of ignored that a bit. Uh, yeah, they didn't. What it was almost that they didn't want him to be over, and they almost a bit like the Matt Hardy effect in the sense that they uh, were trying their best for him not to be over. In a sense, it looked like, and that the fans weren't having any of it. Why do you think that was? I was it because they want they still wanted it to be all about Triple H in two thousand three or or perhaps two thousand one. Well, yeah, 2001, Triple H was, I think, well, um, he was injured for most of it, wasn't he? Uh, But uh, all about, I think, WWE, and it's well documented that Vince McMahon uh, seems to think if you weren't a star made in WWE, you are not good enough. And perfect example is Goldberg. 
Another example, uh, Booker T, really, let's be honest. Um, he very rarely got, you know, got pushed to his full potential. I think the only time he did is when he in with the King Booker gimmick. Yeah, which was a WWF gimmick. <laughs> yeah, which was. They almost, uh, you know, like, like in the army, they, they, they brought, brought them up. You know, they came in like, on a high, they kicked them back down and then brought them back up again. Pretty like, much. They, they seem to sort of, they seem to like to sort of rebuild. Yeah, and uh, Rob Van Dam came in, uh, ECW star. No, there's no way he's going to be. A, he's his, you know, a good WWF WWE star. That's that's yeah, the feeling e- I got. E- ECW, who who are they? Who are they? What are they? They were some bingo hall, weren't they? They <laughs> didn't. They they did nothing for us apart from made us several million dollars from a DVD and pay per views. Yeah, yeah, and gave us uh, quite a few stars. I mean, you know, uh, well, I know that Mick Foley was. Uh, a star on ECW, obviously, and WCW. Um, exactly. I mean, who? what did ECW give us apart from Mick Foley and Raven and the Sandman and Just Incredible and the Dudleys and Shane Douglas? And the idea of, rightly or wrongly, of this uh, trailer trash style of wrestling, which became, let's be honest, it was very popular uh, in the late 90s and the early uh, noughties, you know, the early 2000s. It was so much fun, though, wasn't it? It wasn't. There's not so much of it now. Um, but no, no. no. And so, he... Carry no. on. Well, it's just that, I mean, that was all this whole... Um... Well, this is just it. WWF seemed to like to go with the fashions to an extent, but I don't think they've really... They, they, it took them years to settle on a new identity after the trash TV thing stopped. After the Attitude Era, and I still think they haven't really in some in many ways uh, okay i mean we're talking about identity then um quickly you look at them today right they they have uh they they have this they're going towards pg people right yes they like the kids right yes yep which is very good now uh statistics were done recently i can't give you the exact ones did you know Percentage-wise, more kids, and we're not talking adults, more kids were watching in the Attitude Era than they are now, of the age they're aiming for. Oh. Yep. Really? Apparently so, yeah. They were discussing it on, I think, the Wrestling Observer Radio or something, and I was really, to be honest, I was actually quite shocked by that. But yeah, statistics show that indeed was the case. I guess they just, I guess they just loved Austin and Rock and everyone as much as we did. Yeah, and it became. Let's be honest. Um, it, like ninety eight, ninety nine, and two thousand. I see those three years as a, almost the peak, and it went down a bit yes, in two thousand one. Absolutely. Yeah, and let's be honest. You know, you watch Raw, and amongst the boys, that would be the talk at school and college quite often. Oh, did you watch Raw? Did you see when Rock did this? Oh my goodness me. Stone Cold stunned Vince McMahon. He became the champion. Vince McMahon said he was leaving the W. You know, all this was going on. And it was the talk. It was it was in the culture of young kids, even over in England, let alone the USA. It definitely was. And this is this is something, I guess this is sort of appropriate in a way if we fix WWE to mention this. But this is something I think even you and I don't have an answer for, is where should they have gone next? Yeah, I completely agree. And I've... To be honest, uh, we'll get into it a bit later, but at the uh, at the moment, I can't really think of a definite plan that I would be confident would work. Exactly. I mean, is it just is it the same as the mid nineties, where some would argue there was a bit of a lack of identity and it was just a show? 
Yeah, it was a bit of a lull in the. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, after Hogan left, obviously you had the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Uh, uh, you know, there were there were the men on top, and yeah. I think from a wrestling match perspective, those years were very good. From for, for if you wanted pure wrestling. Yes, with Hart at the helm, they were. Yeah, they were, and then obviously we had the Attitude Era. Uh, you know, and Michaels left at the beginning of it. Uh, so did Hart. And and then we had the wrestling boom for like a good three years, and that one of the reasons was down to the uh, competition that WWE had, I think, as well, because everyone had to step up their game. That's very true. That is very true. It, it, WWE really misses having competition. They do, because in two thousand and one, let's be honest, I'll say the product was still actually not too bad. It was. Yeah. It wasn't great, but looking back at it, it was even. I, I would say, despite the failed uh, alliance versus WCW storyline, I mm. still say I, prob- I probably, on the whole, enjoy that more than I'm enjoying the current crop of pay per views and storylines. I was still fairly gripped, yeah, because there, there there were a lot of good characters still at that time. And, and it was something. Oh, I haven't seen this before. You know. Yes, indeed. And and it felt new, which is something, let's be honest, I mean, I, I've lost count of how many times we've had an amalgamation of Randy Orton, John Cena, or Triple H in the main event. Uh, in a, yeah. Goodness knows how many. It's got to be over 30 now, surely. I never thought I'd say this, but thank God for Seamus. Yep. Uh, and I mean, even now, some people are saying, oh, no, he's being pushed too early. And I'm like, well, yeah, maybe, but... Uh, you give the guy a break. It's not going to be the main event, uh, and you know it could be a good match. And uh... I, I think he's been pushed far too quickly, personally. But I'm just, but I'm glad that there is a youngster in there. I just wish it was Kingston. Yeah, I uh, that that funnily enough probably would have made more sense. However, I'd imagine they would do yeah. some Randy Orton, Kofi Kingston feud for Armageddon this December. Well, t- well, um, for TLC, you mean? Yes. Oh, yeah. Do- not Armageddon. Now it's now TLC, isn't it? I do hope so. I mean, if they if they finish the feud after the after the match they had on Raw, I will be so disappointed. And I and I don't think they will. However, n- nothing really surprises me of that company. Yeah, when they, I mean, when they announced it as being on Raw, I just thought, uh oh, please don't mess this one up. You've got a charismatic young guy. You're giving someone a push. Please don't mess it up. Please. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, it really would make sense next year. Pushing stars, it, it's almost chronological now, in a sense that Kofi Kingston really should be a main event contender at some point next year, or at least go for one of the major titles next year. I mean, you know, we've said enough times how much they need to push young talents. I mean, it's it's getting to the point now where where it's not even a point of they we yeah. feel they should anymore. It's now almost at the point where they're gonna have to. The the guys that are there just will not last much longer. Shawn Michaels is gonna probably be part time after WrestleMania. I suspect the same will be true for the Undertaker. Triple H is gonna still be around, but for how long? Well, let's be honest, uh, most of us uh, are, me personally, I'm sick of Triple H being at the top. And then even if he didn't go for a title match for a whole year, and then he suddenly went, you know, this time next year was his first title match for a whole year, I still, I still would say that's too soon. <laughs> really? Ooh, yeah, because yeah. I've, I've seen it before, he's been champion, 
the, even if he was a heel, which would be something different rather than the face Triple H, it would still be like, yeah, well, it's just a rehash of things I've seen before. Yada, yada, yada. Please, you know? I mean, like, when you have people, like, they've made CM Punk, and he's, let's be honest, he's one of the breakout stars of the year, I think. Definitely. Perhaps the breakout star of the year. I just hope that I just hope that he's still being thought of as a top guy after he supposedly pissed off the Undertaker by not wearing trousers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know, and, and uh, upper management. Uh, and then he said, "Well, John Cena doesn't," and then they assumed he thinks that he's a bigger style than John Cena, and it all went oity-toity. Uh, well, that's uh, that just shows you what their management are like. And Oity-toity. Yes, oity-toity. Uh, <laughs> which shows, actually, another thing. I remember CM Punk annoying uh, the managers. And it seems to me, we've said it before, but we might as well say it here, when one of the wrestlers annoys upper management or someone they shouldn't do, they then, despite how much, you know, if they're looking good as a star, they're building them up, they, they then bury them live on TV or on a pay-per-view for all to see. And yeah. seem to think that it's a punishment. And it is. But in the long term, the only they're two people... They're punishing themselves. And the fans who paid good yes. money. They're going to think, well, bollocks to CM Punk. I don't, you know, uh, I remember them doing it in Chicago, his hometown as well, where all his fans have come out. They bought his merchandise. They do that. They bollocks. I ain't coming here again then. Thank you very yeah. much. And it's ridiculous. People just wouldn't believe in the guy again, would they? If they continue to do it. No, and they say, I mean, they, they always do it at jail, which is a running joke. And it, I don't find it... F- I mean, obviously, I think Vince McMahon's cackling backstage. He's probably one of the only ones, uh, along with his lackeys, who are only cackling because they're scared for their jobs. Well, um, going, aha, you deserve this motherfucker, that kind of thing. Yeah, going on Vince's, uh, you know, Jaxie. But, I mean, exactly. yeah, and... Uh, that was a disgusting sound. It, it was. It's, yes, it's akin to Silence of the Lambs almost, isn't it? It is a little bit, actually, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, but yeah. Um, I ate Vince's ass with a nice Chianti. What? <laughs> you know, well, that's a quote of the year. Uh, Isn't it? <laughs> yes, that's up there. I'll never forget the uh, Samara Joe Kevin Nash in a match. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yes, I knew you were going to mention that. <laughs> that's, that's still my favourite. Uh, I've got oh, one oh. thing to say. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, with, I stand by that. I think we, I think we all do. Not because of Samara Joe, but because of a knobbly need. Uh, Kevin Nash, what are you doing? Still on top? Why did you even have a belt in two thousand and nine? But anyway, I digress. Yes, yes, that that that's for that's for some other show that we've done in the past. Yep, that's uh, is <laughs> that's indeed for some other show. So they seem to bury people unnecessarily, and there's no reason to do it. And it really pees me off when they do. It's bloody stupid. If you want, if you if you want to punish someone, then the best way to do it would perhaps be some sort of fine or something, because that way it doesn't hurt your product. Yep. No, I completely agree. It doesn't hurt your product. Uh, so you know, there you go. Um, other other things. WWD. One thing. One of my pet hates is. Yes. Fuck's sake, WWE! Get rid of that fucking film company that you—you you seem to be freaking obsessed with making really bad movies. Okay, I you mean, you really hate it, don't you? Well, they're a wrestling company, right? And let's be honest, yeah. When the wrestling product really isn't up to par, concentrate on that before you start making stupid films. Yeah, I mean, you made twelve rounds, yeah, right? Yeah. Which I think was a fifteen, and then you're aiming for an audience for John Cena of people younger than that, anyway. 
And then so you make point. a film like that. It's ridiculous. It's just, it just doesn't make any sense. It is a bit of a double standard thing, I suppose. Yeah, and WWE movies. Yeah, I mean, John Cena. I'll be honest. I saw twelve rounds. It, actually, it wasn't too bad a film. But then when I'm when I'm when, then when I switch over back to the most recent pay per view, and I think, oh well, that was a bit disappointing. You should really sort that out before you do any movies. And they should just get rid of it and concentrate on other stuff. I mean, concentrate on making really good DVDs. Concentrate instead of putting all the money into the movies. Concentrate on putting all the money into hiring good people that know about the wrestling knowledge to give us epic storylines. It's a nice thought, isn't it? Yeah, which isn't going to happen. I mean, hey, hell, boll- bollocks to the movies. Uh, you know, put the money in the fireworks and stuff like that, so we get a nice few big bangs. I'd much rather that. That entertains me a lot more than most of their movies do. Well, the, 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 the five-second pyros. Oh, yes. Yes, I get more entertainment than that than I, than I did of, uh, of well, uh, that Kane, See No Evil movie. Oh, dear me. I never saw See No Evil. Yep. I, you, you know what? You know what? Yeah? It's good, it's good that you didn't. Oh. Oops. Yes. Uh, so... I, anyway, I think uh, it's a bit. It's almost a bit like the NFL. No, not the NFL. The XFL. It's an. It, it looked like it was going to be an epic failure from the start. Yet he did carry on, and then it was. Why do it, Vincent? Man, concentrate on your wrestling product. I do want to know. I mean, is it? Do the same people who write the television shows also write the films? No. They get other people, I think, to write the films and other people to uh, direct the films. I think they're probably only the producers, I think, of the films, but I could be wrong on that. Well, in that case, is it doing much harm making the films if it's not distracting anyone from duties? Well, yeah, well, it distracted John Cena from his duty because he was. I remember he was advertised to come. I think to uh, not this year, but last year's. uh, I think it was last year's Raw event, and obviously he was filming twelve round at the time, so he didn't come. And there was a lot of disappointed kiddies, and that pissed me off. I'm thinking you're making a film, you know, and you just disappointed loads of little kids in England that pay to come, all with their John Cena shirt. They're all chanting for him towards the end of the show, and he was filming a film that did bollocks all in the box office, made the WWE lose a hell of a lot of money, it was an epic fail of epic proportions, and there you go. Example, The Marine 2. We've all seen the trailer. That looks like a bag of shit. No offence to uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. Why even bother doing it? Can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. And this is one thing where I do agree with you about the film thing, is that are we going to see Ted DiBiase turn face because of the film? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, John Cena's won two titles, I think, uh, very timely when the film was out in cinemas. Yeah, you see, this is the thing. I hate that. I hate the fact that the films seem to be affecting the uh, the, the faces and turns and heels and title changes. I hate that. Well, that that even happens sometimes when you look at it when they've had their WWE DVDs out, you know? Has it? Yep, yep. Well, uh, not, so, not so obviously, though, like... Um... Like, uh, Batista, well, is suddenly getting... Now his Batista DVDs out. I'd imagine he'd be getting a, perhaps a nice one at the title. I could be wrong, but definitely, uh, you know, up there. Um, it's happened before with uh, John Cena. I think when the My Life DVD came out, uh, they, you know, 
which I've got, which is actually not a bad DVD. But anyway, they they do seem to be quite good though at making DVDs more often than not. I've heard the dub best of the Rise and Fall of WCW is nowhere near the epicness of uh, the Rise and Fall of ECW though. I've heard I've I've heard some pretty bad reviews. Yeah, and uh, they're probably all right to be fair. Um, mm. So, but normally their DVDs are quite good that they bring out their superstar DVDs of their best matches. Uh, and you know, I I lap them up, and they're quite enjoyable. Um, but I do I do like the DVDs a lot. It would be good to see more of those and less films. Oh yeah, no, 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 definitely. You know, even like a behind the scenes DVDs. And one thing I think they should bring back um, is uh, tough enough, and but do it properly. I bring mean, back tough enough. Yeah, I mean that is almost a guaranteed way of making a new star. I mean, you look at the first one, I'll be honest, Maven was a fairly biggish deal when he first came in, and then he got then he uh oh he uh, got the Undertaker eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Goodness me. And what a nice little storyline that was. Well, for about the next 7 minutes. Yeah, well, yeah, but that was a, a WWE the WWE wasted that opportunity. No, it wasn't Maven's fault, you know. The, the, That's the, true. Once again, the opportunity, in my opinion, was there for the taking, and they failed again on epic proportions of that. Pretty much. I mean, tough enough. I, I, I will go with the fact that it is cool because it's where they found the Miz. <laughs> and, yes. I, and these days, I never thought I'd say it, I do like the Miz. He's, you know what? He's uh, This time last year, it was really annoying he was like that person at a party that you knew was going to get a punch from someone come the end because he's just annoying but yes he's because he definitely has grown on me and i think he's grown on the fans and i can only hope that they continue to push him further i hope so too i hope so too i mean you you could easily see him facing cena again in like a title for title thing in say six months time no, definitely, and I think that would be, uh, you know, a, f- a fairly good idea, rather than the old guard, so. Yep, rather than another Triple H match. <laughs> yeah, rather than another Triple H match. And uh, talking about it, wh- what do you think of the last few WrestleManias? I think, as a whole, they've been fairly shit, compared to even, I mean, even in 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004... You know, 2005, the first half of this decade, the WrestleManias, for me, have been a lot better than the last half. I think the last couple have been quite boring, really. Yeah, I mean, they've had their moments, they've had their really good matches, but as a whole event, they've been quite shit. And dare I say it, some B pay-per-views, I've been a lot more entertained by. Me too. I mean, WrestleMania 25, obviously, we've said several times, was pretty crap. It was pretty bland. The matches stunk, it, it, apart from, obviously, Taker versus uh, Michaels. At WrestleMania 24, I know someone who was there who said it was fantastic. I mean, obviously, I'm sure it feels very different when you're there. But I watched it from home and just went, is that it? Yep, it had a rubbish triple threat for uh, Randy Orton, Triple H and John Cena, which uh, ended uh, meh. And then it had an, quite a good main event with Edge Undertaker, except I, I never like the dead man gimmick using a UFC, a UFC uh, move. We're on, another so one of, Edge we're, on, taps out. we're on another one of your pet hates now, aren't we? The Hell's Gates. 
Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't seem to be his cat. The American badass, yeah, fair enough, yeah, but it, uh, that's not what the dead man does. I'm sorry, he doesn't do a UFC go-go plata or the Hell's Gate, as it's called. And that move really annoys me because I'll be honest with you, uh, it doesn't. I mean, the figure four looks painful, the ankle look looks painful. Hell, even when John Cena does the STFU half right, it looks semi-painful. But this one just looks shit. Well, it, it, it look it looks like you, you look like you're choking someone. Uh, yeah, it, it, no, it just, I don't know, it just looks like he's giving him a cuddle with his legs. Oh. <laughs> I don't know, but I've never, I've never liked uh, that gimmick. And uh, I don't think, let's be honest yeah, WrestleMania 24, the main event, if your Undertaker is in the main event, you end it with a tombstone. I'm sorry, that's just my opinion. Uh, at WrestleMania, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I mean. At WrestleMania, you end the match with a nice tombstone. One, two, three, bang, let's go home. It makes for a nicer moment. It does, and everyone... I mean, uh, that move wasn't even entirely over, I think, uh, when they did WrestleMania 24. And yeah, people were cheering, but let's be honest, yeah, the place everyone would have stood up had he got Edge in the tombstone position. Because Every, everyone... It's like an instantly recognisable thing, like the Stone Cold Stunner, people's elbow, you know? Even the yes. FU or the attitude adjuster, which we now call it. Yes, indeed, which you now have to call it in such a ridiculous manner. It, oh, God, that annoys That's another one of my pet hates. Uh, them chain. Uh, yeah, why do that? I mean, FU, yeah, uh, you know, you're, you're catering to the kids. Oh, does it really matter? For goodness sake. Oh, well. It shouldn't really. I mean, FU, is it that bad? No, it's not, no. What does it stand for? Well, yeah, okay, but no. I mean, it's... it's Frig you. Yeah, exactly. Frig you is what it means. <laughs> so, I mean, anything else? Any, any other pet hates, uh, Mike, for you? Or anything yeah. negative? There is one thing that I want to mention, but this is easily... This is very easy to solve. When, when you have a tag team, right... Like, for example, Edge and Jericho. Okay, Edge gets hurt. They bring in Big Show, and they start saying on TV that Edge and Big Show were the team from the start, and that we're supposed to just forget about the fact that it was Edge who he actually won the belt with. Or a few years ago, where William Re- where no, where Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero were tag team champions. Chavo got hurt, so suddenly Eddie's partner was Tajiri, and they never mentioned Chavo's injury at all. They just went and here are the champions, Eddie and Tajiri, and I went, "What? That kind of thing? That annoys me." You know what I mean? <laughs> that, yep. And they, I mean, uh, well, there's two things uh, out of that which remind me uh, that does annoy me, and. Going a, a, not quite on a tangent, but they seem to yeah. rewrite history all the time. And they I'm do. Like, what? Why? You know, all you got to do is Google it and you realise what the freaking hell are they doing? Exactly. So, I mean, the, I think the only history re- rewriting I can understand is the uh, almost rewriting uh, Canadian wrestler X out of the history books. Well, I guess that's a little more understandable. I mean, even and there's a, there's even a bit of me that doesn't like that. No, I don't. I don't like it when they uh, don't put him on the back of uh, when they did like the WrestleMania matches. I mean, yes. even some of the, uh, some DVDs is that uh, if it was a match with him and just someone else, it was almost. I think in some cases it was taken out. So exactly, well, I think that's a bit harsh. Yeah, it is a bit. 
it is a bit harsh. And, uh, I mean, what he did was never good. Having said that, uh, what he did, you can apportion a tiny bit of the blame to WWE and the way it manages its superstars. I mean... Oh, this is a big <laughs> accusation we're throwing in here. Well, it is. Okay, you look at it this way, yeah? These people are contractors rather than employed. Yeah. That's why they handle it. So... They expect them to handle all their medical stuff uh, by themselves. And let's be honest, they never did that. They, they ne- never seemed to be doing their steroid checks properly or something was amiss. Otherwise, they would have uh, found out that Chris Benoit had a problem a bit before. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of it's also Chris Benoit's fault. But the WWE, as an employer, fair enough, they're only contractors. They really should have noticed that way before it got, it got to that point. Yes, but now you're sounding a bit like all of the Hollywood people who are blaming it just on the steroids. Oh, no, I'm not blaming it. No, I'm blaming it on the fact that he got hit on the head countless amount of times with a chair, which is, okay, fair enough, yeah. But then yeah. if you're going to be doing that and concussions, if, you, if you're going to be in a chair match, you're like, Chris Benoit, uh, we're sending you for a CAT scan uh, just to check out, just to make sure. And do that regularly, Re- you know, ir- regular intervals. And, that, that would be good. Yeah, and if you've had a really hard match with lots of chair banging, for goodness sake, the next night on Raw, don't have a match. Make sure he's just in, in, a, in a little segment where he maybe, you know, where he doesn't actually wrestle. I remember, I think, uh, one match, a SummerSlam 2001. Um, I think Jericho pretty much almost had a concussion with, uh, with Rhino in the Rhino match, and he was wrestling the next night on Raw. Now, I don't care. What they should have done is, uh, I can understand, Jericho, you want to wrestle. Sorry, mate, it's not happening because we're worried about you. But they don't seem to be. That is true. They do run them ragged. Yes, they do. And their schedule seems to be, uh, when you look at it, it's so much to take. And it's probably one of the reasons why they, uh, they, get, more, uh, they get injured a lot now as well. Because the schedule's as heavy as it is. Yeah, uh, and I think WWE, in my opinion, they get they got a bit better, but they still do a bad job at looking after their talent. Yeah, yeah, I think there's some truth to that. So, uh, yep, and... Uh, are they any worse than any other wrestling company? No. Uh, obviously, there's not going to be uh, any union or anything like that, but I do yeah. think a WWE should start manning up uh, own up to its problem. Own up and and start saying okay to the wrestlers. We want regular checkups. We'll pay. You know. Yeah. Obviously, I'm sure they do help out with the medical bills. But we'll pay your medical bills. You know. And uh, everything. You know. And and take. You know. Uh, be proactive in that term. So we never ever have a Chris Benoit situation ever again. I God. Uh, we will never know if more medical checks would have been enough to save that. Poor crazy bastard, but indeed we. But it certainly could have helped. No, uh, yeah, you're right. We'll never, we'll never ever know. That's very, that's true. Have it, but uh, you know, yeah, yeah, you're right. You can't really say either way. And you know, I don't know. I guess that's enough on Chris uh, Brenoir, Canadian Canadian wrestler X. Uh, Yeah, we're never gonna figure that one out. And let's be honest, no one is. Exactly, not you, not me, not Meltzer, no doctors. No one's gonna work that out. No, having said that, what I will say, in your opinion, we've got all these pay-per-views, yeah? We've now got ECW, SmackDown, Raw, we have superstars, and then we have uh, all this, uh, you know, WWE on the inside line, or I think they have, you know, like their recap shows. Now, Mike, 
Is there too much WWE? Is that one of the reasons why the pay-per-views are also down? Is that one of the reasons, perhaps, why the stars are burned out or the creative teams are burned out because they seem to have all these pay-per-views in a row. And I think it's a lot harder to write a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view than a normal pay-per-view. I mean, are they... Well, let's just look at the coverage. Is it WWE burnout at the moment? Too much? Too many big events on Raw? If you're a WWE writer and you're writing Raw, then suddenly you're told you're writing a second show. That's a lot of pressure on 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 anyone. And I do believe that if there were less shows for people to write, then they'd be, they would have more time to come up with more creative ideas. So I think in a roundabout way, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes I think they give away too many big events on Raw that hurt pay-per-views in the upcoming future. Pay-per-views don't always feel like the big events they used to, do they? No, I- and I really think WWE, they did very good, very well, when there was just one pay-per-view a month. I think they have thir- 13, 14 now. I just think they should stick to one a month and have them roughly about four weeks-ish when they can apart. Not three weeks. is really not long. And, you know, that's too short for... So where they can, have them four weeks apart, at least. Yeah, so they mean more. Yeah, they do mean more. And, and then build up to them. And, you know, build up to them. And... Do you agree with having these TLC uh, pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, a uh, breaking point, or, you know, a submission pay-per-view? I think that's just crap. I think the submission one is crap. I think the Hell in a Cell one is good. I like that. I uh, The TLC one, I mean, I, I like that. Uh, Hell in a Cell. No. The whole point of Hell in a Cell is it's supposed to feel like a huge finish to a feud. Because of when Hell in a Cell happened in the year, it was like CM Punk and Undertaker's only second pay-per-view match. Yeah. I'm not sure about that one, but I do like TLC. Uh, yeah, we, the, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, with the Hell, in terms of what you said in the Hell in the Cell, they did it, and then they seemed to, I think we also said it, they booked themselves into a corner by having that stupid idea of a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, you know? Um, say that again. And they, by having that Hell in a Cell only pay-per-view, just as you said, they booked themselves almost into a corner and because of their own doing. This is the thing. I mean, it's basically a case of if you're going to have a show like that, you have no choice, almost no choice at least, but to indeed put finish feuds. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it is the big payoff point. And then you think, oh, Hell in a Cell, this guy's got to win. But we're really pushing the other guy. Oh, dear. What are we going to do? And then, oh, the only way is we can have a shitty finish or something, you know? And then that ruins the whole thing. Yeah, but did any of the Hell in a Cells have a shitty finish? No, no, they didn't. I know Breaking Point, for example, had a screwjob finish, which didn't, I thought, was a bit of a waste. Indeed, it did. That was a bit mad. No, Hell in a Cell didn't. Um, I like the idea of a TLC pay-per-view, but I don't think... I definitely think, as a whole, gimmick pay-per-views are definitely not the way to go to get pay-per-view buys. Well, I think they work in the short term, if you follow me. They get a quick spike. Yeah, but if they did it year on year, I think only... uh, One of the only times it's actually worked is... uh, Lockdown is probably the best example of a gimmick pay-per-view working. Lockdown works, yes. 
However, uh, that's one the one gimmick pay per view like cage match that TNA do, uh, and that's only one one you know once for that year for a year, and that's one of the reasons why it works. So WWE, I think the only what I do like uh, the No Way Out being the Elimination Chamber that that kind of works for me. Yeah, that's cool. The the No Way Out one works well. Better yeah. Indeed. But, it did, but but that's because it's once a year and because it's a match that you can throw up team people into so it works fine Hell in a Cell is supposed to be a huge match that happens once or twice a year that is to finish a feud uh, but, uh, Amen I agree yes it's uh, yeah like um, Last Man Standing is also like, a possible feud finish it's one of those big epic matches which really you only get one of those matches or maybe two a year on pay-per-view you know ideally and yeah um and in terms of uh all these pay-per-views it seems to me you get the big four don't seem to be as special anymore i mean wrestlemania is always going to be special royal rumble you watch it for the Rumble, but even the Rumbles have been fairly shit, I think, in the in the recent years. And they some, have, haven't they? Yeah, and SummerSlam and Survivor Series have almost become just another pay-per-view. Yeah, Survivor Series, sometimes, they just seem to book it in a hurry. Yeah, and really, Survivor Series, you know, it's uh, Thanksgiving week, weekend, or the week before, and it's so, quite easy to make that a nice big deal, and, you know, you have these fun matches, these Survivor Series matches, and even they're not booked very well, uh, like, they, like they used to be. The current ones, they just seem to throw people together. I mean, you have stuff like uh, Christian and Mark Henry and MVP and R-Truth, and who was the other one? Who was the other one, uh, James? Kingston, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that's right, and Kingston together. Those five have never had any on-screen interaction before. No. Apart from MVP and Henry. You just kind of go, what? How did they end up together? They yeah. just throw them together. It's booked a bit lazily. It is. Uh, the build-up is just rather crap, basically, for the survivors. And even SummerSlam in the last few years really isn't that... The last time I, th- I felt SummerSlam was really special, as in I really look forward to it, it was probably 2005 when we had the Rey Mysterio-Eddie Guerrero ladder match, Hulk Hogan versus Shawn Michaels as well in the main event, you know? That was a big one. That was a big one. Yeah, but I think that was the last time I felt it was a big one. That sounds a bit dodgy, but, you know, I felt it was special. I understand. I understand you thinking. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I I find it kind of special, SummerSlam. Um, what happened this year? I've forgotten. Well, they, well, there you go. That proves it now, doesn't it? Uh, well, yes, I, but my memory's terrible. You know, I can't remember either, to be honest. Uh, CM Punk, was it CM Punk versus Jeff Hardy in a ladder match or something like that? TLC match? Yes, yes, there was that. And the other side of the coin was... I'm guessing Cena versus somebody. Ooh, it could have been Cena versus Randy Orton with Randy Orton winning. Yes, Cena versus Randy Orton, and the match was stopped and restarted several times, if I remember, and it was a load of crap. That's it. Because a fan ran in or something like that, and all these stupid things happened, and then Randy Orton ended up winning anyway, making John Cena look like a jobber. I think that's a bit harsh. Well, no, but John Cena had about two or three chances to beat Randy Orton because the match was stopped and restarted after Randy Orton won, and he didn't, and he completely failed to do so. Oh, that's true. I remember you saying that at the time. Yeah, uh, from that perspective, and that was a bit rubbish. Um, I think my f- 
one final thing I'd like to say is, other than the pay-per-views, is their tag team division is really crap. It needs work, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, their women's division, why have two belts on two different shows, for goodness sake? Hmm. They I have mean, the vagina belt, and then they have the normal women's championship, which I care about. But to be fair, at the moment, there's a lot of wrestlers with vaginas to, to find things for them to do. How many good wrestlers are there? Michelle McCall, piss off. You're not a champion. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't know why they feel that she's somehow more legitimate, because now she wears a hood and has stolen AJ Styles' fin. Hang on, he wears a hood as well. Wait a minute, is Michelle McCool AJ Styles? Well, Michelle Styles and AJ McCool. No, uh... uh AJ McCool is quite, a fu- <laughs> is quite a funky name. It sounds like a detective. <laughs> yes, it does not some American TV station. AJ McCool. AJ a- a- McCool, indeed. Uh, I don't... With, with, with a lollipop at his mouth, like Kojak. Oh, that'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? That'd be yeah. excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather watch that than some episodes of Impact and Raw. Um... But yeah, uh, yeah, I do, I know what you mean by legitimate stealing other people's moves. She, she does it okay. Uh, she does it fine, yeah. And let's be honest, that's the only move that's ever exciting that she does. Yeah, well, I mean, unless you're the Undertaker. Yes, yes, I'm sure the Undertaker would have a, have a different view on that. But let's be honest. Uh, really, if WWE future endeavour, yeah, yeah, come on, <laughs> WWE future endeavour, I really wouldn't miss her at all. I wouldn't really. At first, I'd be like, oh, where'd she go? But then after a minute, I'd be like, oh, she's gone. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, I mean, uh, okay. I mean, Mickey James, she's not too bad. I, I love her, but I think she's an okay wrestler. Natalia Neidhart, Katie Leah, they're, you know, they're people that can wrestle, but they seem to be pushing the wrong ones. Yeah, I mean, why are they pushing Elise, Elise, I can't even talk, Alicia Fox? Because they're idiots. Oh, is that it? Yes. Because, because they, I mean, look, let's be honest. Yeah, by now, I really would have figured that Natalia would have been at least a women's champion at least once. I mean, in my head, the best women's wrestlers are Mickey, Beth, perhaps Molina. Yeah, she's come good, hasn't she, over the years? She's got pretty good. Gail Kim, uh-huh. Maurice is all right. I think I can't remember now. Well, I, I feel. She, Michelle McCall has no charisma. Maurice isn't great, but she does have that charisma in the ring, which kind of almost makes up for her lack of wrestling skills. Which, let's be honest, Michelle McCall is just a white piece of paper, and I don't actually think she's that attractive either, and she can't wrestle. And I, I, don't, waste... I don't think she's that attractive either. No, she's just the thin version of a Mark Henry, useless waste of space and get rid of her. Do you think Mark Henry could use her as some sort of plunger? No, she's too thin. Hey, she's too thin to be a plunger, isn't she? Oh, you mean because oh, because plungers are fat at the end. Well, well, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, if Mark Henry used her as any sort of plunger, she'd be gone forever. Which actually, to be fair, uh, <laughs> may may not be a bad thing in terms of being off TV. It would be an awful way to die, though, wouldn't it? Drowning in Mark Henry's toilet. <laughs> Yes, uh, dr- drowning in Mark Henry's toilet. Great. Um, so, <coughs> so uh, Mark Henry, get rid of him. Gone. Big Show, get rid of him. Um, I, he's just, I, I, at the moment, he's doing fine, though, isn't he? 
Thank yeah, but I think that's more down to Jericho than Big Show. That is true. I mean, don't uh, don't get me wrong. Their tag team works really well. Yes, yeah? it does. And uh, you know, I didn't think it would, but it did. And even you know, I admit I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> my first thoughts of the tag team. However, I reckon when the minute you see Big Show on his own, we're going to be complaining about him again. You're right. You're right. Okay, l- let's shake things up. He's out of here as well. Yeah, the minute he loses the championship with Jericho, he loses his worth and he's gone, basically. And their main event spots go to younger talents such as Kingston, MVP, or Christian and Shelton Benjamin. Oh, that'd be great. But before we get to that, I have to ask you one big question, which we haven't even talked about, but I think it is a major issue for the upcoming future. What's one, that? One of the things that I feel is wrong with WWE. Go on. The brand split. Yes, I did wonder about this. And it would have been wrong not to mention it. Uh, I think, is it a negative? Not, it's, it's got pluses and minuses. But I think, in a way, uh, forget ECW for the time being, because I think ECW, is. We, we'll suggest it later, I'll suggest it later, I'll suggest it now. I think, it was, we said it before, it's very good for in new talent and bringing them up, you know? Yes. You can I do a lot. Sorry, I hate the fact that it calls itself ECW. Yes, as a huge fan of the of of I don't even want to call it the original ECW of proper ECW of Extreme Championship Wrestling. Yes, not WWE ECW. Not WWE ECW exactly, but yes, it is a good way for bringing in youngsters such as DJ Gabriel. Yeah, it is, and they should keep it that way. But I do kind of feel, especially with this lack of star power, that they should merge. I think the brand split is more of a negative now than a positive. Why? They have, They seem to have a lack of big stars. They seem to have a complete lack of tag teams, but that's been helped now by the uh, undisputed uh, tag team. Th- tag team. Um, they seem to have... Uh, I mean, you do that, you could bring back possibly more belts in the sense that you, you've got the US and Intercontinental. I don't know whether you'd keep both of them. Uh, you could bring back the Cruiserweight Championship and have a Cruiserweight division oh, again. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, you know, or, or you could just have that on ECW. But uh, but you could do do all sorts of things. And the brands, but let's be honest, right? Who is the champion of WWE at the moment? There isn't one, is there? There's several. There's two. That's true. That is true. There's at least two. Now, from a marketing perspective, if John Cena was the undisputed champion, that would mean a lot more if he was the champion of the WWE company. From a marketing point, I think that means a lot more as well. Can't argue with that. And I think, I mean, like, you know, you could, this could be um, a really good storyline leading up to next year's WrestleMania. Have a John Cena as your Raw champion versus whoever's your SmackDown champion's going to be. I don't know. Say maybe Batista, for example. And then both of them have a match. And then to, you know, the, to become the undisputed champion and kind of merge the brands a bit. I mean, I do, I do have one concern. Yep. I never thought this would be a concern. We love the young talent, right? Yep. And it's very good at the moment that there's plenty of it. Is there too much for there to be only for there to be only one show? Probably, to be honest. Uh, 
Yes, uh, yeah, you, you you might be right, but what I don't really know. I mean, I mean, I guess we've talked about everything we feel that's wrong with WWE. I, I'd imagine. Yes, yes, we have. So uh, I guess we're beginning to fix it now. I think so. Well, no, yeah, uh, is yes, there is. I guess what you could do if you wanted to do that is just like what they did originally, have the undisputed champion, and then still have your SmackDown and Raw rosters to the extent that when you think about it, you got the championship. And then that would really elevate the U.S. and Intercontinental champions to the point that you could have a legitimate main event on SmackDown and Raw for the Intercontinental and Raw championships. Back in the days when it meant something, when a Ricky Steamboat was the IC champion. And if you had that on a free show as a main event, that's like, oh my God, I can't wait. You know, I'm going to have to watch that. We could have a new IC champion. I do like that idea. It's going to take a while. It would definitely take a while to build it up. But it, I feel it could work. It could be quite something. Yeah. Uh, so in that sense, I think taking away the brand split could work. I completely agree with you. All, you, all we'll see then is even more of the same on top. That's one of the big dangers. This is my concern, yes. Are we creating a sort of funnel effect? Yeah, we are. Um, but for the younger guys, on the undercard, we do have the two shows rather than just the one Raw show now. And uh, fair enough, there's no Sunday night heat or anything like that. But yeah, but we you do have the you know the first half hour on SmackDown and Raw, which uh, you you could do. I mean, there's nothing. Is there anything wrong with bringing the European Championship back? I don't know. I would like a cruiserweight championship back though. I'd like to see the cruiserweight belt back. Yeah, nothing wrong with the European belt. No. <coughs> No, uh, there's nothing wrong with having an, uh, an extra belt. And the Cruiserweight, well, I mean, I think a Cruiserweight Championship match is always one of the... I think that's always been a perfect opener for a pay-per-view, a match like that. Definitely, and for any TV show, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly, for any for any TV show. Um, paper, I mean, let, well, let's talk pay-per-views. Uh, what do you feel? Do you think back to one a month? Definitely. Yeah, I pretty much agree. One a month, uh, you know, Royal Rumble in January. And then make, which I think would help make a bigger deal for the Big Four. Make the Big Four special again. Yeah, that would be so cool. But And the way to do that is to have just the 12. Yep, that's true. I think that's the way to start. Yeah, it is. And I think you start building WrestleMania up at Survivor Series almost, teasing it a bit. Because yeah. uh, that's what they used to do. I mean, you look at um, Hogan versus Andre. That was built up ages before WrestleMania. Goodness me, you know? Yeah, I do like the idea of having a, a Survivor Series tease. Yeah, uh, which is Stuff good. like, um, say, we ju- say just a, a standoff between a couple of guys or something, you know? Yep, I can put like a, I think they had a, a John Cena when uh, Undertaker tag team match where Undertaker uh, uh, basically screwed over John Cena, and one of the rumors for the yeah. next WrestleMania now is drumroll: John Cena versus the Undertaker. That's true. They never explained that, did they? No, but then that could be plant. That would be a very good way of starting to plant the seed of an Undertaker John Cena feud. And I think, I mean, who's going to win that match? Obviously, The Undertaker, probably. However, I think if if uh, John Cena's the, the title man 
going into WrestleMania, and it is for the title. Fair enough. Some people might not want Undertaker with a belt again, but I definitely think that could cast doubt on a lot of people if it was a championship match. I mean, the only concern is as long as it's not done so far in advance that it makes anything too obvious. I mean, if we have something, if we have a tease too far in advance, I don't want to sound like I'm going against myself, but it could make, for example, a Royal Rumble winner look too obvious. That, yeah, that that is one of the dangers. That is very true. Um, but yeah. So it's got to be done carefully, that. Yeah, I completely agree. It does have to be done carefully. Um, and there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, having two Royal Rumble winners uh, just for one year. Both of them hit the ground at exactly the same time. I don't know. Something like that. But that... That hasn't actually happened yet in terms of there being two Royal Rumble winners. There's a bit, you know. We haven't had that yet, no. Let's see, two Rumble... I like, I like the idea of there being... I don't know, as in having two separate Royal Rumbles or or as in, like, the final two of the winners. No, the final two. Win- you know, the final two of the uh, winners for the Royal Rumble. Oh, I see. I follow you. As in, like, they both fall and hit at the exact same time. And if you only wanted one at the same point, that could really build No Way Out up to find out who the Royal Rumble winner really was, like they've done before. Like they did with Rock Big Show back in 2000. Yeah, and I was, and I, yeah, and I was really, I was actually uh, quite excited about that match. I remember that, yeah. So, and I tell you what, the 2000, for me, that's one of the best ever Royal Rumble pay-per-views as a whole. I don't remember much about it, apart from that the Rumble was really good. The, the Rumble was really good. You had the Hardys versus Dudley's table match. Oh, yeah. yeah. You had that fantastic Cactus Jack versus Triple H match. Oh, yeah. And Rock did a run in. Yeah, and then you had uh, uh, Chris Jericho, uh, Hardcore Holly in China in a fairly decent triple threat match for the IC Championship. Where why, did they put, why did they put Hardcore Holly in there? Well, I to, why to cast some doubt, Mike, as to who, as to whether he will win or not? I don't, I don't know. I never knew why they put him in. No, no. Well, well, he's gone from WWE, so there you go. You'll be happy about that. No, I, I have nothing against him. I just never knew why. No, no, I don't know either. To be honest, mate. Uh, anyway, I've got a suggestion. Yep. As part of our rebuilding of, of the WWE, mm-hmm. we've said possibly end the brand exchange, the brand split. Yep. And let's look at the young talent now. Okay, so how about this? I'm going to pick three young wrestlers from any brands that I want to see pushed into the main event. Okay. And you pick three as well. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, could right. it, could, you say young, but could it be stars they've never pushed before as well? Yes, that's fine. Okay. Okay, then. Let me think. All right, I've got my three. Excellent. All right, my three are, like I, said, I sort of mentioned this earlier, but I wanted to clarify that they would be, that they would be, oh, hello. Hang on, I'm rethinking. Oh, there's so many. There are, aren't there? There are quite a few. Christian. Agreed. John Morrison. Ooh. Yeah, I do think he needs to work on his promos a bit, but the talent... He but he does have bags of potential, doesn't he? He's so good in the ring, isn't he? Yep, yeah, and, his, and his promos are quite good. I mean, when he was with The Miz, um, they, were very, they were very good. Uh, so, 
And John Moore, he has the look of a champion. A oh, mate, he looks fantastic. He? Yeah. So yeah, and he and I think he could be a good heel, and I think equally he could be an amazing babyface. So. Hmm. I'd prefer him as a heel myself. Yes. Are you the same? Yep, the cocky heel. What they always say this, but kind of like a, a, the young the Shawn Michaels was when he was a champion, a bit of an arsehole, you know. A little bit like that, yeah. So, okay, and uh, and my my third choice. Let me think now. Is going to be. I'm torn. I'm torn. I said, "What are yours?" While I made by the final decision, what are yours? I'm torn. One of because I said that one of the people is Matt Hardy. Oh, Matt Hardy! I okay. really, I'd love them in 2010 or next year to give him a chance and really push him, go full whack behind him, do it on SmackDown. If, if you get, you know, obviously, if if they decide to keep them, but the the brand split. Do it on the SmackDown. It's a bit safer. And really, really push him. You know, have him beat fair and square, for example, someone like Batista, you know, for the title. Okay, Matt Hardy. All right, then. I'm sure there'd be a few people who agree with that one. Yep. Actually, what I would do, I'd have him go against Edge, because that could be a nice storyline. Bring Lita back. Oh, wow. Hasn't that sort of been done? Yes, it has, but that's how you could kick it off, the big Matt Hardy push, you know? That could be a way to kick it off. That's true. Because let's be honest, that... That had so much potential and an epically failed story. That was epically failed. Because let's be honest, that could have been the main event of SummerSlam, the way they built that up, and it was just epically failed, wasn't it? So That is true. So, yeah, for me, uh, Matt Hardy, I'm, I'm half tempted. I think MVP, they really haven't given the full chance with. And I think he, he has the charisma. He could, I'm not saying he could be the next Rock, but in some ways he actually reminds me of him in the sense that I think he could be a very good talker and the fans, I think, could really, really get behind him big time. MVP, he's he's. I was what, considering him for a bit for my third pick too. Yeah, MVP, he's certainly really good. And you know what oh, I'd love? What Sorry. would you like? I would love, for example, okay, Triple H to win the main event and next year's WrestleMania. How boring, for example. Yeah, that pissed yeah. me off. And then MVP, the winner of the previous Money in the Bank at the main event of WrestleMania, cashes it in. One, two, three. Ha ha, Triple H. I stole your mofo thunder. I am now the champion. WrestleMania, fireworks. And then we have the WWE logo. Wow. I reckon that'll be epic, that's all. Wait, the WWE logo or the WWF logo? Oh, w- no, I, no, I mean WWE logo, as in like that's how WrestleMania ends after MVP cashes in his money in the bank and pins Triple H. Oh, I understand. Yes, that would be fucking epic. That would be yeah, great. We've never had it on the night. And let's be honest, right? If I want money in the bank, I would cash it in that night at WrestleMania. If I felt, say Triple H has a really grueling match, there's, he's bloodied everywhere, he's knackered, he's barely holding up the title, I would think, oh, I'm cashing it in right now. I'm going to win. You know, I like it. I like it. Yep. I like it a lot. Oh, thank you. But that's how that's what I would do. For example, that would really overnight MVP would probably be, uh, you know, say like Raw opens up, he'd probably get the biggest pop of the night at Raw when he walks out as the champion. Yes. So yes, I go with that. So that yep. Uh, and I'm also I'd like to say Evan Bourne. He really reminds you of AJ Styles. I don't think they'll ever really push him big time, but I really think. He's got potential. Maybe not in next year, next but in year. the next, in two, the next years. two years. Evan Bourne, I, he, 
when they moved Evan Bourne to Raw, again, I don't think they really know what to do with him. No? No, no I mean, he's clearly really good, but he just ends up in this odd, in an odd, random, mid-to-lower-end match. Huh. Don't they? So, yeah, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I like him, and I agree with you, he deserves more of a push, definitely. He could be such a star. He could. He could. Oh, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm hearing, hearing the hearing. worst echo in the world. Oh, it's gone now. Um, yeah, he could, and uh, I agree with you. Whether he's going to be a big, big main event, well, hey, Rey Mysterio did it, so it's definitely possible, isn't it? Exactly. Rey Mysterio found a way. Yep, Rey Mysterio found a way. So, there you go. I think we've definitely got a good future solid future stars and hey I think they could all potentially have a fantastic feud with each other as well given the right storylines do you know who else or what else I'd like to see what as well as um, oh by the way my third pick for someone who's not been pushed but pushed who I'd like to see pushed oh yeah Shelton Benjamin ooh that could be interesting now, couldn't it? Because they always say he's got so much talent, but he is rubbish on the mic. Or so I mean, so uh, how how would you push Shelton Benjamin? I would push Shelton Benjamin. Well, just the way they did it before was fine, wasn't it? I'm just looking all smart. Just looking when you think about it, with his shot victory over Triple H. Yeah, that was that's another example of completely wasted opportunities, isn't it? Yeah, apparently um, uh, John Laurinaitis is partly to blame for that because he doesn't like he doesn't like light heavyweights because he's a fucking idiot. Well, well, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, um, get rid of him. There you go. That would oh, help. he's got to go. He has got to go. Yes, he does. And uh, would you say Vince McMahon has kind of lost his booking power? Because let's be honest, he is with he is really the glorified head booker of WWE. Because the the buck the buck stops with him. The has he, has he lost it, in your opinion, somewhat? Oh, God. But if Vince McMahon has lost, who do you put in charge? Because if he goes, then it moves to Steph. And let's be, oh, I must be honest, yeah. Steph, uh, she's done some good, but uh, listen, if, if I was her boss, she'd be sacked a long time ago. Well, if you were head of the WWE? Yeah, definitely. She'd, been, <laughs> she'd have been long gone. Stephanie McMahon, future endeavoured. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. Would you? Well, sack. Would I? Yeah, sacked her. Oh. Uh, I... I know what you were thinking. But um, <laughs> would you have sacked her? Uh, in which order? Uh, would I have? Sa- yeah, I probably would have. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who. She, I mean, she's she's head of sorry, like she's head of creative, and she's been head of creative for nine very average years. Which have, in my opinion, almost got progressively worse. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, head of creative. And I think the matches quality is still up there. We've had some really good matches over the pay-per-views and, and years. But when it comes to the actual storylines and stuff, it's just a bit rubbish. I, I just want to see it be a bit more about wrestling sometimes. Yep. I completely agree. I mean... In terms of storylines and matches, oh, best example, Randy Orton versus Triple H, main event, WrestleMania 25. That that match was would have been even a shit match at a Raw main event, let alone WrestleMania 25. We've said it before. It was dreadful, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they built up this big storyline, and then no Vince McMahon came down, no Shane came down, no Legacy came down. What the hell? It was bogus. Yes, it was bogus. Oh, uh, dear me. I don't know. Um... 
I tell you what, though, talking about going, just going back a tiny bit, Royal yeah. Rumble. I'd like to make it more special. How would you do it? Well, they don't seem to like like last year. They had Rob Van Dam come back for a quick surprise. Little moments like that as well, and little yeah. moments where, like, when Austin went outside the ring, he wasn't eliminated to look for Vince McMahon, and he had a bit of action outside. You know, and things like that, like getting in the car, little car chase, is Austin coming back? They don't seem to be having, like, there doesn't seem to be much of a storyline during the Royal Rumble match where they always used to be before. I think I know the sort of thing you're referring to. Yeah, now it's just 30 guys, who's going to win? Where before it was like, oh, goodness me, Rock, yeah, is he going to do this? Goodness me, he called all of the jabronis, Big Show doesn't like him, or Stone Cold, he's going to get screwed by Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon hates it, oh no, Vince McMahon ends up winning the Royal Rumble, or Shawn Michaels, goodness me, he started at number one, how is he going to win it? For example, that's just like some examples, you know? I know exactly what you mean. And again, this just points to my uh, suggestion from earlier that sometimes these days the booking is just lazy. It is. I mean, I don't know. Imagine this. It's never going to happen, Mike, though, you know? Yeah? We have it at number 29. Exciting. We have John Cena in the ring. We have Triple H. Hey, Rowdy Roddy Piper's still there. Rob Van Dam's tucked away in the corner. We have Batista there. And then it counts down. Five, four, three... Two one, the lights go. The lights go silent, and then suddenly you hear, "If you smell, if the of the rock is cooking." Oh! Uh, How many people would shit their pants and wet the seats? Everyone, everyone. They'd be cleaning up the arena for weeks. That, that's never going to happen. They would be cleaning up the arena for weeks. Perhaps a more realistic one, even though he said he's done. Uh, number thirty, same situation. Five, four, three, two, one, and then you hear. The glass breaking. Glass breaking. I thought that's where you were going with that, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, if only. Yeah, obviously, he's not. maybe not going to win. But if you wanted to do that, I mean, like WrestleMania 26, yeah? Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin wins, and then he says, John Cena, I want your title, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. I mean, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, yeah. But, let's. I mean, had that happened for WrestleMania 25, that kind of would have made sense, you know? It, it would have been unbelievable. Yeah, it would, and it would have been... Spe- but there doesn't seem to be any of those moments anymore at a Royal Rumble. No, I know what you mean. They, they, it doesn't have the same gloss to it. No, it just seems a match with 30 guys are... Well, you know, it, the winner's going to be one of these three or four people. They're going to be the last ones in the match. We just need to sort things out until we get to that point. La, la, la. I think the only good... The only time I was surprised... Uh, in the last... Well, I'd actually probably say since about 2002... Since Chris Benoit won, the only time I was surprised when John Cena came back. Yes, that was huge. Yeah, but that's been one time when I've been, hey, I've been a bit excited about the match I'm watching. All the others were fairly obvious. Yeah, and I think last year's one, or this year's one actually, was probably one of the worst. I can't remember. Again, I can't remember anything that happened. It's the one Randy Orton one. No, I hated him winning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what? You very rarely get a heel winning, actually, do you, when you think about it? That's true. I just wish it, I just wish it wasn't that heel. Yeah, and the, cause, because the whole match itself is set up for a babyface to win, and all, quite often in a very underdog situation. Yes, very much so. So, but yeah, it, it, yeah, this year it was kind of like, eh, oh, it was, wasn't it? And let's be honest, I didn't even want Triple H winning it. But uh, unfortunately, it ended up being one of those two people. You knew I, I lost a tenner. I lost a tenner to James on Chris Masters. Ah, <laughs> oh, god! Even the Master Lock Challenge. I remember them. They were fairly exciting. 
Were they? Uh, no, but in terms of what we have now, yeah. Oh, I see. Well, oh, oh, please. I don't think the Marsal Challenge was ever that good. I mean, it, in my head, it's still a bloody full Nelson. My oh, dad could do a full Nelson if he tried. That's true. That's, yeah, that's true. Now, anyway. Okay. We've talked about getting in the young talent. Yep. Talked about the brand split. We've talked about changing the pay-per-views. We've talked about bringing about the Cruiserweight Championship. What do we do about the ladies? What we do about that? We uh, make, I think we just make one belt and make it, I mean, for me, the best time was probably around when we had uh, Lita, Molly, Holly, Trish, uh, Trish, Stratus and all those people. That's yeah, when it was peak, Victoria. That's when it was at its peak. So you would have sort of one belt yep. and have it be the likes of James, Phoenix, Kim, Maurice, Melina, yes. that sort of thing. Yeah, I would. I quite like that, actually. Yeah, just just the one belt. And let's be honest, because uh, I, as if we said, the brand, is the brand split going to end? But, but then uh, how, invest in the time, like TNA does, to have storylines you can invest in. If you're going to have only one women's pay-per-view, uh, one women's match on a pay-per-view, fair enough, but then have a, have a good storyline, which we care about. Because so often, the women's matches and segments in Raw or pay-per-view has been, oh, has been the so-called uh, piss breaks. You know? Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, which is a shame, really. Either that or any Mark Henry match. Nah. So, yeah, I I think it would Mark help. Mark Henry matches are often too short for a piss. Well, yeah. Unless, unless you're watching WrestleMania 22, the casket match with The Undertaker and Mark Henry. Oh, well, then you've got time for all sorts that's of a, things. That's a shit break, at least, isn't it? Quite um, possibly. <laughs> so, because you, you know you've got The Undertaker's entrance, and then you know you've got a very slow, boring match ahead of you as well. Uh, another mm. thing. Okay, what about the announced teams? Do we want? Okay, he's ill at the moment, actually. But do we want Jr. back on Raw? Yes, please. Yes, America. I do. I can't help it. I just like him. And you know what? Another thing. Going a bit old school, perhaps. Lillian Garcia's gone. I loved her. I want her back. Yep. So what do you do instead? Okay, she's gone. I want her back. You can't bring her back. I'd like her back. Howard Finkel, for God's sake, bring him back. Raw announcer. Or just make Howard Finkel the pay-per-view announcer. When he announces something, it seems special. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Or have him be just the guy that announces the pay-per-view matches instead. You know? Or, may- or, or maybe even just the big four. Oh, ah, there you go. That's good. That is good. Because then, again, as we said, we talked about making the big four feel more special by building the storylines um, up and throughout the show again. Let's do that again as well. Let's have him be the pay-per-view thing for the big four. Sorry, the, the announcer for the big four. I think that's a lovely idea. Yeah, it is a fantastic idea. I think that would work really well. That's brilliant. Cool. So, I <laughs> had another thing to say. I forgot that. Yeah, we had that as the uh, yeah, that as the big four. And I think WWE shouldn't be afraid if they build something up so much. You know, like uh, you had, for example, it's yeah, DX versus Hardys for the Tag Team Championship. Have that as the main event at a B show. Don't be afraid. You know. Hmm. It's okay, WWE. Sometimes it works out all right. Yeah, and don't be afraid. I mean, at WrestleMania, I can understand you want the title match, but. We said it, Shawn Michaels' Undertaker, in hindsight, should have been the main event. Yeah, it's got, it, indeed, it's it's just occasionally, I'd say. Yeah, I'm but, talking like maybe twice a year, no, def, probably not much more, you know? 
Yeah, a couple of times a year, just think carefully about what is the match that uh, people will care about the most. And just give it a try. Yeah, um, exactly. And we, uh, I think we touched on it before at the Royal Rumble, but at WrestleMania, have these... I have these like Rock Hogan type matches, you know, matches that you're probably never going to see again. That be the one of the reasons why you buy a WrestleMania. <laughs> so you want to see more dream matches as well? Yeah, more dream matches, or even involve celebrities in them. If the WWE had done the Mickey Rock Chris Jericho thing properly, that would have been absolutely fantastic. They didn't. They completely floundered it. Fair enough. A lot of it was Mickey Rock's fault when you look at the press, but. I mean, when you have things like that, really, that can make a massive difference, in my opinion. Well, having the celebrity involvement. Yeah, okay. For example, uh, we had recently uh, on Raw, Big Show versus Shaq. That's going to be a rubbish match, but I tell you what, the press you'd get on that, leading up to WrestleMania, for example. It's a real shame that that didn't happen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know... And, I mean, you you know, you got Stone Cold Steve Austin versus a John Cena. I've already talked about that. That would be an epic thing. Uh, bring Sting back against The Undertaker. That would oh, be, we said uh, that before. That would be good, yeah. Yeah, for these, uh, as you said, can't-miss one-time-only matches. Be fantastic. More dream matches. Um, At yeah, WrestleMania, uh, yeah. Yeah, again, put them on the big four, and that can add to them feeling special again. Yeah, I completely agree. Cool, we're getting a bit of a structure now for the for the big four shows. Yep, I um do you and I would say probably get rid of superstars. Yeah, get, too much get, too much WWE. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I don't think you can have too much television because 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 obviously I enjoy watching it. But I think you can have too much for the writing team to have to focus on. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much agree. So, yeah, I mean, you could have that. I mean, I think the only thing you can do is have, like, an insider show. Or not insider show, but have, like, where they had Confidential, where they have interviews with the superstars and stuff, you know? Uh, which is, is like, a, a not a wrestling show, so to speak. But just concentrate on the actual superstars. Like, for example, follow John Morrison for the day. Go down the gym. You meet his friends. He talks about what he's doing. And you, you, and you see him building up to the match or something like that, you know? Well, and, ha- and have that be a show, uh, another an, an additional show. If you wanted to do that, yeah, because obviously that doesn't need much writing because it writes itself. That kind of show, it's going to be half an hour long, and you know, you know, you you, you follow, for example, Evan Bourne for a day. That, that could you know, that that will help personalise him to the fans, and it might make people care about him. That could be cool. I, I get, again, just as long as it didn't put too much strain on the workers, I think it's a very nice idea. Yeah, I mean, you could have, like, interviews and stuff like that, you know? I mean, I say, like, you know, like, you could have Edge, uh, interviewed Edge on when he's coming back and his injury and stuff and what he's been doing since he's been gone, for example. Mm, since he's been gone. Yeah, or you could have a half an hour show when WWE does its tour. WWE, like, goes backstage, like, at the England tour, see all the people they met, all the little functions and the signings they went to, uh, you know, interviews with the fans in England, for example, because it only happens twice a year, you know? I quite like the idea of this show. Yeah, just have, like, a like a feature-type show, which is going to last about half an hour, advertises the products, talk about upcoming pay-per-views. You could do, like, a, a, a special for WrestleMania preview, you know, and a, and a SummerSlam preview special, which may be an hour long, I don't know, something like that, to get you excited about it. But I do remember one year they did a really cool WrestleMania post-show for oh, WrestleMania yeah. 2000. Do you remember that? WrestleMania all day? Yeah, I think where they interviewed the stars and stuff and everything. Yes. I'd, I'd like to see that again. 
That it, was fun. They've done it recently as well because it was an extra on one of the more recent WWE DVDs. And it was fun. Oh, was yeah, I forgot which one it is. I'll have to find out for you. But yeah, I, it was fun and it was a good idea. I never saw that. No, no, it's definitely. I, I, I must let you know. But yes, that was that, once again. That was a good idea, and which is uh, good. I mean, I think I think having Kid Rock at WrestleMania was a good idea. It just put it in the wrong place. Yeah, and for far too long. And yeah, but make it when you have the big four, you can have a band there. Which like having Motorhead uh, do play the game at WrestleMania at even SummerSlam would be epic. You uh-huh. know. Yeah, this we've got another thing now on how we made the Big Four special. Yeah, and you don't do it on the other pay because it wouldn't make him so special. But yeah, that's exactly what you can do. Have the bands there. And, stuff. and have the Big Four be more about culminating feuds as well. Yeah, well, where, where feuds end and stuff. Yeah, where feuds end, where chapters close, where yeah. trousers are pulled down. Yeah, and then you have like... Quite, I mean, too often these days you have WrestleMania and then you have Backlash, which is oh, almost a rehash of WrestleMania. That's that needs to go. Yeah, I think WrestleMania almost should be the end of year party, and maybe barring one or two programs where you might get a rematch out of it, it's uh, almost a clean slate on the Raw, the following Raw. You know, I think it should be a total clean slate. I think Backlash is a bizarre Backlash. 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 Oh dear. Is a bizarre idea these days. Yeah, it should be WWE Rebirth, really, shouldn't it? Something like that. Turning point. Tur- yes. <laughs> yes. Tur- tur- WWE Afterbirth. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious if they had a pay-per-view called Afterbirth? <laughs> well, you, in these days, when they come up with uh, their names, it doesn't. It wouldn't surprise me. Slammiversary, Hard Justice, Afterbirth. <laughs> Oh, no. That's shocking. I want to see it. You want to see it? Yeah, well, that, that didn't come out right. I want to see Afterbirth. That doesn't come out right at all. But um... Hey, Mike, whatever floats your boat, mate. I'm into Afterbirth. <laughs> Apparently you are. Um, yeah. Right, I never knew. <laughs> so we've got WWE Afterbirth. Uh... <laughs> I've completely lost my train of thought now. This is probably the most serious show we've ever done. Definitely, but I think we've done some pretty good work. I know, I know. We really, really, we have done some pretty good work. Um, okay, in terms of uh, the age range you go for, what would you do? I, well, I know what I'm going to say. I'm going to pick my own age range. I'm going to pick the whole 16 to 35 thing. Uh, I like how they go for me. Like, yeah, like, you know what? In a way, you're right, because when they did do that, more kids were watching fans, it anyway. Yeah, they? statistically. Now, bug- buggery jar. Yeah, let's go for that. And fair enough, you want the kids getting the action figures and the merchandise, which you may not get in theory, but statistics showed us that it was possibly wrong. But what you do get is, who buys the pay-per-views? Kids can't afford it. It's the adults. Exactly. You know, who has the money to pay the tickets to go to the house shows, to go to the pay-per-views, to go to win Raw and SmackDown tour? Yeah, people with dispensable income, which means young adults. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, they're still, you can still be, like, let's be honest, Rey Mysterio is almost aimed at kids, and even with an Attitude Era type product, uh, uh, that's still going to be the case probably, you know? Yeah, yeah, it it worked in the late 90s, why not try it again now? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'd not have the exactly the same as the Attitude Era, no, but, no, no. but yeah, aim it more towards the older people. I mean, the UFC, uh, what one of their pay per views, I think uh, UFC 100, which was a special one, I think that did over 1.6 million. Wow. Yeah, and that's age. That that is aimed at people our age. Exactly. So the market's there. The market is there. Yeah, and you know, I think. If you it, it's just a, it's a lesson from history, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think that's the way to do it. Just take the lesson from from history. Yeah, where just if you aim it at sixteen to thirty-five, the people who spend the money will watch it, and the kids will still watch it because they're curious. Yeah, and they want to be cool. And hey, I'm you know it's, you know I'm watching oh. almost grown-up TV. Bring blood back yeah. in some matches, for goodness' sake. When if it oh, needs yeah. it, bring blood back. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying it has to have it, but let's be honest. At the last man John Cena standing match, I know they did have a bit of the Iron Man match they did, but when a last man standing match or a Hell in a Cell, for goodness' sake, at least one of the yeah. match, one of you bleed, you know? Yeah, indeed. Oh, and, and one thing, would you like to see? I want to see some more hardcore again. Yeah, then what is wrong with bringing the hardcore belt back? I mean, or nothing. Ma- no, or if you wanted to do hardcore, ECW. Goodness sake, make every ECW championship match uh, a D- no DQ, like it should yeah, be. That would be cool. Yeah, or, or if you just brought back the hardcore belt, it would give the mid-card something to do when they've not got a lot on, like Primo and Carlito and Jack Swagger, people like that. Yeah, and what do you think about the 24-7 rule? Love it. <laughs> Me too. And that, that they did some really funny stuff with the, like, they, in the hotel with Crash Holly and stuff like that. They did some really cool stuff with that, yeah. And it was fun, and it was enjoyable to watch, and it could quite easy. It was a nice bit of comedy at times as well. That too, that too. Why not? Why the hell not? We're not saying turn the clock back totally. We're just picking out the best bits from that time and mixing it in with our new ideas. Well, talk about turning the clock back, yeah. You know, you get uh, some people have all the potential <laughs> in the world, but they're not good on the mic, right? That's true. Why not bring managers back? Wow. You know, uh, uh, let's be yeah. honest, managers these days just are normally attractive women that can't really talk anyway. They just look pretty. And then, but in the days of that Jimmy Hart and, oh God. Bobby uh, Heaton. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of, yeah. And I mean, I think the last really good manager. Bobby Whippleman. <laughs> the last really good manager was that bloke in TNA. I forgot what his name is now. Oh, it annoys me. It's on the tip of my tongue. Come on, help me, Mike. I'm thinking. In TNA, it was uh, Abyss's manager. Come on. Um. Oh, I can't believe, I can't believe I don't know the name. Scott Demore? No, no. Oh, I'm going to have to Google it. This is, this. I can't believe this. All right, Google it, Google it. Abyss's manager. I can't, oh, Jim Mitchell. Yeah, that's the one. He was fun. He was fun, James Mitchell, yeah. But he he, he was definitely a, a throwback to what managers can do for some characters. And he did really, really well for he Abyss. Was a, he was a throwback in every sense, wasn't he? Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with bringing him back. And I think, goodness me, WWE, bring back big stables like the Ministry. You had the Corporation, even the Union. You know, I mean, things like that. It was fun to watch. It was interesting. It was exciting. WWE epically failed with the NWO coming, you know, that comeback. And, well, that had they, had they done it right, that could have been really good. Yes, it was a pretty 
fuck up, wasn't it? But yeah, I mean, so you, you want to see the, the stables back? Yeah, just yeah, just have this like even right to censor were fairly entertaining compared They're to these good. days. They yeah. were cool. Yeah, bring the stables back because it gets a number of people over in one go. I think as well, and you can cover like a, a um, like what they did with Evolution, for example. You had Batista, Randy Orton, and Evolution made them really, didn't it? Completely. Yep, like DX pretty much made Triple H. What? Hey, sorry. DX made Triple H. Completely, completely. So, I think they should also bring them back. I mean, let's be honest. If if nothing else, it makes us some great Survivor Series matches. Now that is true. That is true. Yeah, you know, at one point we had the union, we had the ministry, the corporation, the nation of domination, D-Generation X. Oh, You're right, bring them back. Yeah, bring them back, for goodness sake. Mm. Um, do you think, uh, okay, um, one final, well, I'm not saying final question, but one uh, thought, uh, end, do you end the Raw special guest general manager? They don't really do a lot, do they? No. They don't, and this, I feel most of the time, not all the time, they spend more time plugging their own product than the bloody pay-per-view that's coming up the week before. I mean, the coming on the on that coming Sunday. Yeah. And it doesn't work for anyone. I mean, now and again, have a special guest there, but not as the manager of Raw. And I'm talking now and again, and it just feels like, goodness me, bring... I mean, I really thought Ric Flair would have made a perfect uh, manager for Raw what? or SmackDown. They, off, they offered him the job. Yeah, and he turned, I can understand why he turned it down. I mean, like, even Roddy Piper would make a perfect manager for Royal Smackdown. I'm trying to think who else. There's many people out there. And Mick Foley would have done a good job. Yeah, he'd have been cool. I mean, he, even William Regal did a fantastic job, I thought, as a heel war manager. Great. He was great. Vicky, so yeah, that, yeah that Vicky Guerrero, as annoying as she was, she did an okay job. She was good in the end. In the end, yeah, she she came good in the end. Vince McMahon did a good job. He's pretty much, uh, well, he's not taking a backseat because he appears now and again in SmackDown, SmackDown to upset Teddy Long. But SmackDown, yeah. He. Uh, so, uh, well, yeah, uh, I think I think it's about time to wrap that up. The uh, guest hosting, just because they're never that good. No, uh, I mean, and also they always pick people who are big in America, not the rest of the world, apart from Hatton, obviously. I mean, who the hell's this Mark Cuban guy? You know what? I don't know, but he. he <laughs> Sod's Law now says that we're the only two people who don't know how big he is. Maybe, but who the hell is he? I have absolutely no idea. So we're definitely both in agreement there saying get rid of that hideous, uh, you know, angle where you have these guests host. Goodness yeah, sake. get rid of that. Bye-bye. Bring back consistency. Yes, that would be nice. Yeah, that would be, yeah, that would be love. That would be lovely. And also, I think, in terms of the championship, I think have less championship changes so they mean more. Ah, I'd forgotten about this. Yeah, that's something I did want to bring up before before we go. Have less championship changes because I think if you do that, then they mean so much more. Don't you think? To be honest, yeah, I do. I mean, say like you had like John Cena win it at WrestleMania, and then the only time he lost it was at the next year's WrestleMania, for example, for one year. That would be a lot, a much bigger deal, wouldn't it? I think that's too long. I know, yeah, okay, that's too long. But, uh, I mean, say like he has it at WrestleMania, then he loses it at Survivor Series. That's a big deal. That would be a big deal, yes. Or at the least SummerSlam. 
Yeah, I mean, but you want a good block, for, for a, uh, a good block of where someone's champion. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes having someone champion for a month is a good idea. But it, and if you do it now and again, it it definitely works. But they seem to be doing it too much. Yeah, I like the whole three, four month reign, maybe six. That's how I like it. Yeah, no, that's true. I can, I completely agree. So yeah, and as we said, we already mentioned, make the titles mean more. Make the IC and the US Championships mean more. Please. Not very hard to do, but it, it can be done. No, it can easily be done. Just need the right talent to hold them, and there's enough young talent around. Yeah, I mean, the, the US title meant quite a lot when you had Matt Hardy MVP feuding over it, for example. Yes, they they did it well. Yeah, but they yeah, they did do it very well. That was one of the, the the best feuds of the year for that year, I think. Probably. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Well, anything else we need to desperately fix with uh, WWE. I think we've covered quite a bit. I reckon we've got structures to our pay-per-views. We have got longer title reigns. We're shaving off a women's belt. We're getting getting rid of superstars, so the writing team have more to focus on. Uh, there are maybe a couple of names I would throw into the throw into the booking team. Okay. Uh, Gabe Sapolsky. Oh, that would be very good. I tell you what, you could start. If you didn't, if they didn't want him on the main one, he'd be very nice in ECW. Yes, he'd be great. He's be amazing for ECW. I think he'll be. I think he'll be good on, on Raw or SmackDown either. But yeah, who would you want to bring in? Anyone? Uh, I, I I've always liked Paul Heyman. I think they never got when he when he when he was given the SmackDown thing with the whole Brock Lesnar. I I thought it was uh quite good. Yes, yes, uh, he's always been cool. I've always, I've always loved Heyman. Yeah, um, even uh, SmackDown's actually, I think, the better show compared to uh, compared to Raw. And get rid of the Hollywood writers, basically. That's a definite. You reckon they've been doing that for a while now, though? What with the Hollywood writers? Yeah, I know. And I don't. For- I... Ferrara was Hollywood. Yeah, I think you should just get rid of them and have people. I don't like I don't like the fact that there are Hollywood writers there. You know, I mean I'd like to know at least at first what films they've written. And then decide. That would be, be interesting to know. I reckon you need to have a good mix of the two. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, you're possibly right there. Good mix of the two. Yeah, okay. And I think WWE should uh, mix like they they uh, did a lot of uh, crossover almost with MTV, you know, for the first WrestleMania. And, yeah. and there's, there's nothing wrong with doing doing more of that, is there? That it would be good to see some more of that. Yes, I agree. So, the, so you know, there we go. Uh, uh, and I think don't have as when you're building up to a pay per view. I think you should keep, for example, say you're doing a John Cena versus MVP. As you, know, you keep John Cena MVP kind of apart when in terms of matches, as in you don't have any tag team matches with them. You know, you have a few interviews and stuff, and then which makes when they do fight for that first time or whatever in that in that pay per view. It means so much more because you haven't seen it on Raw. So keeping them apart until pay-per-views. Not keeping them apart. They're keeping them apart in terms of they're not going to be in a match together of any kind, you know, or very rarely. I understand. You know, and, and uh, you know, and I also think bring back Saturday night's main event again. Because you've got less pay-per-views, you can actually make that special. I mean, if you have a Saturday night's main event two weeks, two or three weeks before WrestleMania, that can really help things, push things along. Just like once or twice a year would be good, yeah. yeah. Once before WrestleMania and maybe once before Survivor Series or SummerSlam. Sorry? 
once before WrestleMania, obviously, and then maybe once before a Survivor Series or a SummerSlam, like a couple of weeks before, you know? That does sound good. Yeah, and then, I mean, one year, then you can even have, before SummerSlam, have a championship match, and shock, the championship match changes at Saturday night's main event. Oh, my goodness, what does that mean for the SummerSlam main event, you know? Uh, I think keep the big things for the for the pay-per-views. Okay, cool. So I, I think keep big things for the pay-per-views. Excellent. In a strange accent. You know what? What? I think we fixed the WWE. Uh, well, I think we've done a very good job. We're getting on to now one hour and 45 minutes, which I think is one of the longest shows now we've done as a single show. I so. think it is our longest single show, yes. It is. Our previous one was one hour, 38 minutes. Wow. And that was only once it got to that, I think. So, yeah, as a show, it is our longest show. My mouth is dry. Your throat must be hurting. Do you have anything else to say to the fans before you before we leave, Mike? I do. Guys, we've talked a lot today about fixing the WWE. Fixing something that we love very much. There are a lot of times in life where you'll feel like situations are out of your control. Where you'll have something like where you feel like... Something is getting out of hand. It could be a relationship. It could be something at work. Hold on. Grab the bull by the horns. You do not have to listen to who have you. You have the power to change things. We as wrestling fans have the power to speak up about wrestling companies through shows like us and try and make a difference. If there is anything in your life bothering you, you must grab it, grab the bull by the horns run into the wind, don't piss into it, and what have you, and try and change it as much as you can. Because, ladies and gentlemen, life is for the living, and my life is so much more enriched by doing this show, and I hope yours is by listening to it. Guys, we love you to death. We'll see you soon. Good night, folks. Say good night, James. Good night.